genre. It's Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. Today we are continuing our swing through the Spider-Man franchise with the reboot that asks a lot of questions about Peter's dad that no one cares about. It's 2012's The Amazing Spider-Man. Not his, not his mom. Never his mom. Just Never his, dad. his mom. Just, just his dad. Um, not his parents. <laughs> I have a lot yeah. of questions about unanswered questions about his mom. <laughs> Lots. <Yeah. laughs> Ironically. Yeah. Um, but absolutely zero questions about his dad. Um, mm. Yeah. So uh, uh, as discussed, this this episode is primarily going to be sort of like a, a re-release of, of a Patreon episode that we did um, in 2021 leading up to Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, but one of the things that we didn't talk about on that episode, as you'll hear, uh, we do we do talk about um, what happened to Sam Raimi, Spider-Man 4 and all of that. That That's all in there. Um, so look forward to that because I think there's a lot of really fun stuff there. Um, but, yeah, one of the things we didn't talk about was uh, what we thought of the movie the first time we saw it back in 2012 and, and the lead up. We did. We mentioned the fact that this is like one of the first, uh, uh, you know. Uh, non-Avatar movies to be like shot natively in 3D and released right. as the Amazing Spider-Man in 3D. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely remember that. Uh, it wasn't post-converted. It was it was shot in 3D, um, which is you know obviously super ironic considering what they went into making this movie to be, which was like a 90 million like Twilight inspired uh, Spider-Man movie. <laughs> So big, big miss, big win. Yeah, on that, with a in, with in a love regard. triangle and 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 the whole thing, um, with a, a love triangle between Peter and uh, uh, Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane Watson, um, who was exercised in uh, exercised out of Amazing Spider Man and the scripting process and Amazing Spider Man Two in post. Uh, yeah, but I was still, I st- ironically, I think the 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 John Watts trilogy gets closer. I mean, those movies are not 90 million, but they feel more toned and more high school drama-y than these two did. Yeah. But I would still really love a, a, 90, mil- a 90 million dollar Spider-Man movie that's like high school drama and like relationship love triangle stuff. I still yeah. think that would be neat. I think it would be neat, especially to have something that was a little more... A little more uh, melodramatic... Because um, mm-hmm. there's no melodrama in in the homecoming movies. Um, it's it's like 
comedy. It's like 16 Candles. You know, I mean, they literally yeah. said they were making a John Hughes movie with Homecoming, as I'm sure we'll get into uh, when we talk about that movie. But yeah, it, it's it's a different flavor, you know? Yeah. Um, you think of Twilight. You think of the melodrama in Twilight of like mm-hmm. Bella, Edward, you know? All, yeah. All that good stuff. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'd like to see something that like splits the difference a little bit more. Because um, mm-hmm. obviously you want comedy in Spider-Man. But, yeah, Spider-Man. Um, yeah, but uh, but a little more melodrama wouldn't wouldn't hurt. Um, <laughs> I don't know because um, uh, these two are these two are pretty melodramatic, but it's all like chosen one magic blood melodrama. It's yeah, very little like no, I I couldn't make it to the movies for my date with Gwen because I had to stu- fight the stupid rhino again. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Uh. You know, I, I, I think that this first one, um, it it I think it holds together better than Amazing Spider-Man 2. But I I think that there's the highs in Amazing Spider-Man 2 are higher than the highs in this. This one's just sort of like a steady like C plus B minus yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then Amazing Spider-Man is like there's like some D minus shit in that movie. And then there's like some B plus stuff that are, that's like yeah. pretty good. I don't think it ever gets to like a territory, but like, you know, I yeah. think I think I think some of the web swinging and stuff and like the suit and I, I, I or the, the Times Square stuff, Peter yeah. actually being a nerd and using like, wait, if I hold my webbing thing down, it'll shoot sideways and little stuff like that is really cool. Yeah. That is cool. That is cool. Um, but yeah, but this one is uh, the, the 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 webs are like non elastic. Um, that's one of my most anno- the most annoying things. I know it annoys the shit out of Zach too. Um, is that like the webs aren't <laughs> elastic? They're like they're like steel ropes. Um, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. A, they don't. Cool. They don't. Yeah. There's no. There's no bounce to them. They just. Yeah. Um, hate that. Uh, <laughs> what, it's, but yeah, you're, oh my god, you're it, like oh, oh, I do like the little the little white plume puffs that shoot out from his web shooters whenever he shoots a web. I think that's oh a nice yeah, that's touch. true. Yeah, but like but now that you, now that you say it, like if they're if he's shooting steel little steel beams at people, it's almost like he's shooting them. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like I like my web to be just a little little goopy and elastic. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. It, it feels like it can't hurt anybody. Uh, whereas this like feels like he's like yeah he's like shooting like steel web at pe- like that that uh, yeah yeah uh, yeah it's that's a lot I don't know. Um, I'm gonna really nerd out when we get to No Way Home, and I'm gonna really see if Peter three and Peter two if their webbings are different. If you can really oh, see. Oh, the- that's a good. That's that's good. Um, I haven't rewatched that movie since theaters. So mm-hmm. I did I did see it like I think th- three times in theaters. Um so you know I've seen it a few times but um sure. yeah definitely haven't paid I get so wrapped up into a movie when I'm watching it in theaters that oh, it's hard sure. to like notice details like that. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, uh uh this movie um uh you know I, I mean we're going to talk about a lot of a lot of stuff but like yeah in in 2012 when this came out like what was what were your feelings as like they were ramping up to to release this movie when they were announcing that it was going to be a reboot that that the Toby trilogy was dead and we're moving on to new things and like yeah like what did what did that feel like for you back in back in I don't know 2011 20, 2012 
I so I was in high school when this was announced mm-hmm. because I remember really being I think so like 2010 like my senior year of high school yeah I remember really wanting Anton Yelchin to get the part yeah because I was like a big Charlie Bartlett fan and yeah. a big star I mean as you guys know a big you know oh nine Star Trek fan we we talk about it in the in the episode or like in the past episode that's gonna air in a little bit but like yeah um. Uh, we both decided on that, like, oh, he would be like the the perfect Harry Osborne. Oh, yeah, he's he's got. Yeah, I'm sure I say this. He's even got the head, the hair for. Yeah, him. yeah, he's got the curly hair and the whole. Because like the idea of like a curly haired Peter, we mentioned this in the thing. It's like it's, okay, it's cool, that's sure. it's a little yeah. odd. Um, but, but yeah, when Andrew uh, Garfield was cast, though, mm-hmm. um, I think I had seen like Doctor Parnassus, or I, yeah. I was I was pro Andrew Garfield from the jump. Yeah. Uh, from the second I, he did, I only yeah, knew please. him from Doctor Who. Uh, okay, I, I think I I think that was a like a, oh he was in that episode for me. Yeah, um, he did turn well, into and a I pig. think I think didn't um uh never let me go or never let you go or yeah I've never seen Romanac never let me go movie. Oh, you never seen it? Oh no, okay. I need to. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kira Knightley. <laughs> yeah, uh, but in my in my group in my friend group I was the dude. From the jump of like, no, this guy's got the goods. I'm rooting for him. He did that Comic-Con stunt yeah. where he was like in the party city. And I was like, he has heart. I like this guy. Yeah. He was um, so excited. Bless his heart. And then, I mean, Emma Stone, forget yeah. about it. Like, right. right. You know, Zombieland, Easy A, Crazy Stupid Love. I was I was like, she's great. And so yeah. I was rooting for this movie to be good. And then also, as an Ultimate Spider-Man kid... I was as much as I loved those those Tobey Maguire movies. I was like, yeah, but he, I want a Peter who's a little smartass. I want mm-hmm. like a a punk kid Spider Man, mm-hmm. and so I, I remember come settling into my, that theater, really wanting to be on this movie side. And ultimately, I think still to this, you know, like I am now, I uh, the stuff that I liked about it overrode the messiness and, like you said, the the, the steady hum of C plus. Right. Um, I remember walking out of the movie in 2012 satisfied, but I don't own I don't own this movie on Blu-ray. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I don't I I'm not a I'm not like a Sp- Amazing Spider-Man is good actually, but yeah. Um, but yeah, no, actually I don't I don't yeah no but. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i uh i was i was pretty hyped because like as as much as i loved the the um sam raimi trilogy i did feel like it was time to move on it was time to it is crazy to think about the fact that this movie came out the same summer as the avengers yeah and dark knight rises yeah well yeah but like it's crazy that like that (laughs) It's, yeah, that's crazy because it took so long to make that movie. Um, mm. But it's crazy that Spider-Man 3 came out a year before Iron Man and The Dark Knight. And then the reboot came out the same year as Avengers and, and Dark Knight Rises. It's yeah, kind of bonkers. Um, and already felt so like, because Avengers was so bright and fun and funny and zippy and hilarious and exciting and then this movie came out and it was like dark and brooding and it it already kind of felt uh 
going backwards got to do it to a callback. It felt like it wasn't going where the puck was going to be. It was going to where the puck already was. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, uh, that's uh, coming from a uh, franchise potential. So if you're not a Patreon, you don't get that reference. Um, <laughs> it's kind of stuff you miss when you're not a patron. Uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, I was like definitely following all of the, all of the, um, casting announcements and rumors and all of that. Um, very, very heavily. I was very invested in this. I love Mark Webb at this time because I was right. like, Oh my God, the guy that made 500 days of summer. I fucking love that movie. This is amazing. I remember, do you remember everybody being like, Oh, he's going to cast Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Spider-Man. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how old was he at this point? Was he like 30? No, I think he was about the same age, age as Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Because Andrew yeah. Garfield's like 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or Donald Glover, too. I mean, this is this was Donald for uh, Donald for Spider-Man. That's right. That's right. Um, that's right. Yeah. But yeah, I I uh I was super on board for 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 Mark Webb, um, not realizing that like they wouldn't actually let him make a Mark Webb movie. Um yeah. And I don't know. I don't know how I don't know what a Mark Webb Spider-Man movie looks like, because, like, you know, who decided what the lizard looked like? Is that him? Because if that was him. Fuck that. I don't know. I don't I don't like that. (laughs) No, this this feel these feel these two movies feel like Sony's The Amazing Spider-Man more than Mark Webb's The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, they feel very corporate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In like the worst ways. Uh, but yeah, I, um, yeah, I just thought a lot of this was, a lot of this was silly. I didn't like him being, I didn't like him skateboarding. I didn't like, uh, like, you know, it just, yeah, I, but, but, but I was like, I guess like the, the thing is, is like, yeah, their chemistry, like walking out of the movie, that was the thing that everyone was talking about, including me was like, man, the chemistry was between them was off the charts. Ooh, hum, um, hum. Yeah. Uh, but it was, as we talked about in the Spider-Man movies, the, the Raimi movies, like the, it's a different brand of chemistry than Toby and, 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 and Kirsten. They, they, they felt like Dun- Dunstan McGuire have like a unspoken, like chemical attraction to each other. Whereas... Uh, you know, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone just have really good like dialogue chemistry. Um, like they're kind of doing that zippy, cute, like back and forth. Like they're both flirty, Twitter pated, but they're both kind of awkward about it. Like, yeah, I, I guess sort of more like like not 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 Seth not Seth and Summer in terms of like personality, but that yeah. kind of Josh Schwartz. Yeah. Like, whereas I mean, like it, there's a classic Gone with the Wind kind of love story, like swooning. Yeah. Here holding Mary Jane in his arms, like right as the sun is setting, right like that. That's more like, you know, uh, that's more like a '40s like epic romance, and this is more like a screwball rom com for sure. Um, uh, which is all well and good, but um, yeah, definitely not the vibe. Um, or, or, or definitely, it's a different, it's a different vibe. It's a different, it's a wholly, it's a completely different thing. Um. And yeah, it is really good, uh, but it's kind of the only thing this movie's got going for it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and I and I and I felt like that, like leaving it. I was like, I hate the costume. You know, it was it was it's it's long. It's kind of boring. This movie's long. Yeah. Um, 
It's longer than any of the Raimi ones, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's longer than Spider-Man Three, which you know, which is ironic when you when you think about like why they trim back the Spider-Man Three movie. God, yeah. Um, sure. Also, this movie did not cost ninety million. Um, no, they abandoned that pretty, pretty, pretty immediately. But um, and, and like all of the mythology, all of the changes are so sweaty and messy compared to like the classic like Ferrari of yeah. Spider-Man One. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, uh, all right, we'll, 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 uh, we'll, we'll leave it there and, um, you know, come back on the other side, uh, to wrap the episode up and, and give some final, final thoughts on, mm-hmm. uh, on this movie. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's where we are. And just a reminder, uh, this was recorded in 2021 prior to seeing No Way Home. So there are, uh, a few elements of like speculation and things that like, Obviously, you know the answers to, um, you know, we're 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 dummy dum dums uh, that got some stuff wrong. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> sure. um, it's fine. Um, but yeah, we were we were having fun. The speculation was fun. Uh, at the it was time. a fun time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. At the time we were doing this because we had no idea for sure whether or not they were going to be in the movie. We knew the villains mm-hmm. were in the movie, but we didn't know about about the Spider-Man's. Um, that was a big, that was a big secret. Uh, it was, yeah. it was the kind of the worst kept secret, but like, we didn't want to like, yeah, they're for sure in it, obviously. Um, cause there's always, always going to be that chance that like, no, it, it, that's not what was going to happen. I was like, well, Andrew Garfield wouldn't lie to me. I'm his boyfriend. Like, why would he do that? He said he's not <laughs> yeah. in the movie. He's not in the movie. And like, oh, okay. People, <laughs> yeah. people lie. Actors lie. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, so enjoy our conversation from, uh, 2021 about the amazing Spider-Man. Uh, we really, we really dig into this movie, um, and uh, I think it's a fun conversation. So enjoy. Patreon supporters, this is Scott Corelli, and with me I have Nick Jimenez. Hello. So, before we get to 2012, though, we have to back up. We have to go to 2007. Great. The release of Spider-Man 3. The most successful Spider-Man movie of all time at that mm. particular point. Um, it was hugely successful, especially like 900 worldwide. million, right? Yeah, massive, massive. Um, the power of Venom. Uh, the power of Venom specifically overseas, which carries on with the new Venom franchise, which is massive as well. Mexicans mostly mostly overseas, not not so much domestic, mostly mm-hmm. overseas. Um, so Spider-Man Three is massive. Sam Raimi and and crew they they immediately get to work on trying to figure out what Spider-Man Four is going to be because there's no way we're not making another one after that. Um, so. And and Sam Raimi, you know, he felt this pressure because he was like, look, the movie was financially successful. Everybody wants another one. But the movie creatively was a failure for him. Yeah, it was a lot um, of compromises. He was, yeah, he was not happy with how it turned out. Um, he was not happy with the reception of it domestically. 
And so he wanted uh, another shot at bat to sort of like redeem himself in the eyes of Spider-Man fans. Potentially go out on a high note. Right. And so he returned to um, what he wanted, which was the Vulture um, to begin with. And uh, the Vulture and I believe um, the Lizard. He was also going to have... Uh, uh, Kirk Connors from that franchise finally become the lizard. And so it was going to be like a vulture and lizard movie. Mm-hmm. Um, although I don't think they were going to be like related in any way. Like, I don't think they were teaming up. I think it was just like two sure. separate problems. The lizard was never going to crawl on a wall saying, I want the spider. You want the spider. Right, right, right. And, and, and as, as, as uh, everyone also knows, you know, this came out like a couple years ago, it was going to open with this really great Mysterio sequence in which it was going to re- be revealed that Bruce Campbell was playing Quentin Beck, AKA Mysterio the entire your time um from movie one through movie four all all appearances of bruce campbell were going to retroactively be quentin beck the architect Um, of peter's pain yes exactly uh so um this movie went through development hell and and largely it was because sam raimi wanted the movie to work he wanted to make the movie but he could not find a reason to make the movie, right? Other hmm. than like extra and like you know, uh, 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 outside of the movie reasons, yeah. right? Like out, out, out. Like you know, he wanted to redeem himself in the eyes of Spider-Man fans. He wanted hmm. to make a sequel because everyone wanted it. But like in terms of like having a story burning in his belly that he needed to tell, exactly. Um, it just didn't happen, and so he made, uh, he made, um. Uh, drag me to hell to sort of like get the creative juices flowing and uh during that time you know working on spider-man and trying to figure out what was going to happen with it and it just he just lost interest and it just wasn't there and they were like look we need to get this movie out in in 2011 to keep because everyone is under contract for this fourth movie pay or play like we need yeah. to get it going or, yeah. or we need to cancel it. One the machine's way rolling. That, that, right. we, can't, we can't stop it. Right. And so Sam was like, I'm not doing this again. I'm not pushing out a movie that I don't believe in. Um, so let's cancel it. Like go, go with the reboot um, and go with my blessing because that was the thing is they, they all wanted to reboot the franchise because they felt that, the Sam Raimi trilogy had gotten long in the tooth. They feel like they felt like Tobey Maguire was too old and they felt like Kristen Dunst was too old and just like everyone was getting too old and there was barely anyone left at this point. It was literally just the two of them that was mm-hmm. left at this point. And the jokes were getting old and like, which is just a crazy thing to think about because there was only three movies. It wasn't like, you know, Nightmare right. on Elm Street or, yeah, or like really Jason, you know? And, and yet, like, I'm trying to imagine a Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunn Spider-Man movie coming out the same year as X-Men First Class. Right. And it feels so weird. It, it doesn't feel right. It does. Yeah, that's very true. So they were like, okay, we're going to we're going to hit go on the on the reboot. So. Okay. The screenwriter that they were working with was James Vanderbilt, of course, mm-hmm. most well known for uh, the screenplay for Zodiac. Later would go on to write the screenplay for uh, White House Down, uh, Independence Day Resurgence, and uh, uh, Netflix and Adam Sandler's Murder Mystery. Hmm. Um, real, 
real uh, <laughs> down from Zodiac to murder mystery. Like right. just, <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Um, uh, White House Down is a fun time, though. I'm a defender of that movie. Yeah, well, and he he uh, uh, recently wrote the screenplay for the Scream, uh, Scream 5. So, oh, my goodness. We'll see how that yeah, goes. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Indeed. On franchiseography. Yes, indeed. Um, so uh, they were like, hey, he he was doing this this fourth one. And like when he was doing this, his belief was that the movie should be focused on the lizard because there's a personal connection to... Uh, to Peter. Peter Parker with this character that we've known since the second film yeah. and known by name since the first film. <laughs> he was like, this, this should be the movie. It should be this. It should be gothic. It, it should be like a gothic monster movie. Right. Yeah. Um, and he was like, that should be, that's cool. Right, Sam. And Sam's like, that is cool. But I just, I, I felt like it was a mistake not putting Vulture in the third movie and I want to correct that mistake. He was laser focused on bringing Vulture to the screen. Played by John um, Malkovich. Uh, played by John Malkovich in and then, one of them. And then Anne Hathaway was like the Voltress, right? Wasn't that like a rumor? Yeah. So, so I think John Malkovich was going to play Vulture in the third movie. Okay. Because they had somebody attached to it there. No, no. No, that was Ben Kingsley. It was Ben Kingsley wow. in the third one. And then you're right. It was John Malkovich who was going to play him in the fourth one. Got um, so, yeah. And then the Vultress thing. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> so, like, you know, I it, it, it never really came to fruition. And James Vanderbilt was bummed out because he was like, this is not the movie that I want it to be. Um, and Sam was bummed out because he was like, this isn't a, a movie that I want to make. And so, you know, that all ended, but James Vanderbilt was brought in and to Sony and they were, you know, the whole producing team, which is the exact same producing team as the, uh, the, the Raimi trilogy. They were like, Hey, come do the reboot with us. You know, you want to do lizard, do lizard. And James Vanderbilt was like, nah, I don't want to do a reboot. I mean, it's the same. It would be the same story. Like I just, there's nothing new to say about uh, like rebooting it. So like, this isn't, this isn't for me. So he leaves. And then he describes this story as like, he was <laughs> in the middle of the night, bolt upright. And he was like, I've got the story for the reboot. And I picture that sometimes. And then I think about the movie that we got. Oh and yeah. Like what, what was that moment where he was like, it was the parents. Okay. Yeah, was like, I was, I, we're gonna I, focus on his parents, and I was like, "Who gives a shit?" So, yeah. So that that that's that was my first the first note that I took is that you know in watching this is like, you know the the Raimi trilogy is especially for comic book movies such a passion project. Yeah, it's so full of love and per point of view. Uh, you really feel like you're being taken on a ride. Yeah, of Sam Sam Raimi showing you the world that's been in his head since he was a little boy. Yeah. And it's great. And I was like, why? But this was made because the amazing Spider-Man was made because it had to be made. Right. Because it was time for another Spider-Man movie to come out. Right. And so like, I guess like, yeah, the most different thing about it is like, what if Peter Parker just never got over not having a relationship with his birth family? Right. Which, and I want to ask you, Scott, as someone who's read a lot more Spider-Man than me, has that ever been 
a thing that the character has ever like every once in a while a writer comes along who gets the bright idea to focus on <laughs> on Peter's parents and yeah. it's never interesting and it's never good and it never matters cuz it's yeah yeah cuz it's such a it adds such a cool nuance to the character because it's such a part of everyday life for so many people of like yeah I wasn't raised by the people who gave birth to me or like yeah I'm raised by and and Peter is just like yeah this is my family my uncle Ben and my aunt May Right. And yeah, the 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 closest that we've gotten in comics to like a good version of that is in Ultimate Spider-Man because he does okay. he does have like some stuff with his dad in that because his dad creates venom because it's like a a cure for cancer, you know. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so and that's and it's a real stuff sh- there. But. Yeah, cuz like the you know the full whole, whole prologue of this movie is like you know what happened to the Parkers and like yeah. And like the moment, like the camera zooms in on like Richard Parker has like a little spider and glass. Mm-hmm. It just it just feels really like derivative, and it's 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 the least interesting part of both these movies, unfortunately. Yes. yes. Um. But in a lot of ways, it's the most original stuff in these movies as well. Sure. Yeah. Which I is a huge bummer and a and a big reason why these don't work for me. Oh yeah. Like I I um there are parts of this that are really filled with cool ideas because I kind of look at this as like, look, there's so many comic books about Spider-Man. Yeah. You go walk into a comic book shop, and the fun is that this character is so elastic that it can take all these different styles and stories and points of view. Mm-hmm. And I kind of look at these movies as like that. Like and like, you know, so the stuff like Peter not being uh, a huge dork, that he's kind of sexy and cool, or that New York is really dark and shadowy in this one. And I kind of like that. I kind of like that it doesn't look like Sam Raimi, Spider-Man, New York. And the weakest parts for me are when it's like real weirdly, like just very derivative of the Raimi Spider-Man yes. movie. In yes. sometimes very avoidable ways. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so so Jamie Durable writes this reboot. Oh yeah, you and, weren't even done yet. That's crazy. Yeah, and focuses on on the parents and everything, and he turns in the script, and they're like, "Great, your job here is done." Mm-hmm. Adios. And then they're like, "You know what? This needs this needs a sense of inevitability to it, a, a sense of of uh, chosen oneness. Uh, who could we get?" To do another draft of this, to endow it with those feelings, I've got it, Steve Cloves. So, whoa, got Steve it. Steve Cloves comes in, um, and, writer and of a bunch of the Harry Potters, if not all of them, all but one, all but one. Okay, yeah, all but uh, Order of the Phoenix, I believe. Um, and now he's uh, he 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 rewrote J.K. Rowling herself on the new Fantastic Beasts. Oh well, then the movie will be a okay then. <laughs> yeah. Smooth sailing from here, boys. <laughs> so, so, um, sure. So Steve Cloves comes in and he adds the sort of chosen one quality to a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, focuses a lot on, uh, the high school stuff. Um, also mm-hmm. brought in to punch up the high school stuff. So, so he comes in, he punches up a lot of the high school stuff. He adds a lot of the sort of chosen one, the things like, like um all of the uh the animal hybridization stuff mm-hmm. and how like you know how that was like his, peter's idea it was like designed by his father like right. all, of, all of that stuff was added by steve um, by steve close him finding the picture of dr connor's and and richard parker together and right. he's like, whoa mystery 
Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. So all of that comes from that. Um, and then they brought in uh, Laura Siskin's um, uh, husband, um, Alvin Sargent. Okay, who had yes. Previously rewritten every Sam Raimi movie, yes. which is, and he brought came in. And they're like, well, we can't write a Spider Man movie without him. Uh, old, old 70 year old Alvin Sargent. So they bring in 70 year old Alvin Sargent to write the reboot for young, for a younger generation of Spider-Man. And, um, yeah, he just boomers all over it. I think, um, I think, and, and we'll get into it, but like, there's a lot of this movie that doesn't work because it's like kids don't act like this or talk like this in 2012. They just don't. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a, um, yeah, fortunately, like, well, yeah, unfortunately and unfortunately, it doesn't lean into the high school stuff. And I say unfortunately because, like, that is me personally what I would be the most interested in. Yeah. But fortunately, because then I think we would get even more, like, was this written by a 70-year-old? Yeah, yeah. So so he does another draft, and then they're like, oh, this reads a lot like the Sam Raimi stuff, so now we need to bring in somebody else to fix the way these kids are talking. Um, and they bring in uh, Paul Feig. Um, Paul Feig oh. has, in, has an uncredited uh, rewrite on this on this script, and yeah. he basically rewrote all of the kids' stuff, all of the teenagers. I That is so Hollywood to me of they hire Alvin Sargent who wrote all the Spider-Man movies, pay him. I don't even want to think about how much money. Yeah. And then they get his work back and they're like, what this how this looks like. This feels like the old movies. Cause you just hired a guy to do that. Yeah. Well, let's bring well, in a fourth writer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I literally think he got a draft of this movie out of pure nepotism because his wife is producing it. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, and that's unfortunate. Um, but imagine being a 70 year old product of nepotism. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Man. So, so anyway, so they finally get the script that they have and, uh, and they go and they shoot it. Um, they hire Mark Webb, who's fresh off of 500 days of summer, Mm -hmm. hottest director in town, hottest young director in town. Mm -hmm. Um, and they get him for this. I've always felt like he was a mistake for this. Mm. I get that his last name is Webb and I'm sure somewhere, that there in an email, in a boardroom, in a conversation somewhere, someone's like, Well, we should definitely get him. His last name is Webb. Mm-hmm. I'm sure of it. Uh, Mr. Webb here to see you, ma'am. What? I'm sure of it. And I I truly believe that these movies, it's stupid that these movies are called The Amazing Spider-Man. I, they should be called both because his last name is Webb and because it's literally about unraveling a conspiracy involving, involving his parents, it should be called Web of Spider-Man. Yeah, absolutely. You call this Web of Spider-Man and it looks like this movie and you're like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Like those two things connect perfectly that's, for me. That's Yeah, and you know, that's a kind of, uh, that mismatch of moods, that dissonance is to yeah. me prevalent throughout the film. Yeah, uh, there's scenes that wh- what I'm looking at, like there's a scene where Prof- uh, Dr. Connors' arm is being born. Yeah. And, and it's gross. It's super gross. It's super gross. But the music is very light and inspirational and feel good in big mm-hmm. exclamation point, you know? Yeah. But and I'm like, God, it, it, with a better kind of more like with a, imagine a school, a Sam Raimi moment where the music is kind of creepy. Yeah. and disturbing but that becomes beautiful you know like yeah. when, the, when the sandman is being born yeah yeah just, yeah 
so many times where like the music and the image are or, and the script just aren't matching. Yeah, the thing that kills me about the score is so it's James Horner. It's one of his very last scores before yeah. he passed away in 2015, and the score rules. Yes, if yeah. you listen to it on its own, I write to it a lot. Oh, oh, me too. All the time. <laughs> it, it fucking rules. It's such a good score. But in the movie, it is so out of place and mm-hmm. and just doesn't match anything, any vibes or tone that's happening. Because, um, yeah, the movie is so full of shadows. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man himself is so like often half cloaked in shadow. He's almost more like a pulp hero. Right. And but, yeah, the music is just very like this is a superhero movie. Like it could be a Superman score. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So, and speaking of which, I've always thought that it was a mistake putting Mark Webb on Spider-Man. He should have always been making a Superman movie. Oh uh, yeah. You watch all of those scenes between Zoe Deschanel and Joseph Gordon-Levitt in mm-hmm. the office with like Clark Gre- Gregg, uh, like in the office oh, yeah, at the yeah, card yeah. company. It's like the daily planet. Like it feels mm-hmm. like all of my favorite parts of Superman comics. And like 500 days of summer is really good at, even though it takes place in like 2000s LA, it has this cool mid century, timeless fifties vibe to it. Totally. Yeah. Just like 50, almost, almost like forties. Yeah. Um, you're right. In, yeah. In a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very, very cool. Oh my gosh, aesthetic. Yeah. yeah. He would have been, he, w- I think he would have made an incredible Superman movie. I, I, I think yeah. he should have done man of steel. Honestly, this, this doesn't feel like a Mark Webb movie. And I almost no. unfortunately don't really know what that means anymore because like after this, his, his, his career kind of tapers off. Unfortunately, I, I would kill to write a movie for him. Oh yeah. Like, like a comeback project. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Just to be like, Hey man, like, please just make this, make, make something yeah. like, with like a lot of visual flair and like go back to your 500 days of summer roots, your, your music video roots. Mm-hmm. He is such a good director. If he has the material. Yeah. He directed, he just, uh, yeah. I remember when I was like reading every day on slash film about this movie coming together, mm-hmm. I was really excited about Mark Webb, not only for 500 days of summer, but he directed a bunch of like three cheers era, my chemical romance videos. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Classics too. Yeah. Helena. Yeah. Um, the world war two one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, so so yeah, so he comes on board. They claim that the movie is is small. They're saying that it's going to be like a YA, like, like Twilight, Twilight yeah. was a was a big inspiration, is what they're saying. They're like, like ninety million, a ninety minutes, ninety million Spider Man movie, um, and uh, that basically gets thrown off the table during pre production because they start seeing previs and they're like, no one, this is we're not going to be able to sell this overseas because it's uh. not enough of a spectacle. Um, and as we saw from Spider-Man three, that's where most of the money came from for that one. Mm-hmm. So we cannot make this movie unless it's a big, bold spectacle. And Mark Webb was like, that's not the movie I signed up to make. And they're like, well, you're already on set. So that's what you're making. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. no, I, I mean, not to, not to date this, but you know, you and I, Scott have been, uh, making our way through the Spy Kids movies on franchiseography that'll be coming yeah. out soon, and yeah. so much of that, you know, I've been reading so much about Rodriguez voicing frustration with the Hollywood system, mm-hmm. and watching this movie, I, my mind kept going back to that. It's like, oh, this is kind of what he's talking about. Is yeah, think things can balloon so quickly because these 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 films become like huge 
mega ships that have to do so much and make so many different parties their their money and bet an investment back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And you have to listen to different people sometimes with completely different ideas of mm-hmm. what would work because they all have their theories about where the money's going to come from. Right. Yeah. And what that audience is looking for. So it's just, it's a, it's a mess. <laughs> um, so, okay. So Peter Parker, uh, they have to cast the new Peter Parker and, uh, the, the list is, uh, pretty interesting. So oh, this we would be have, a way back trip. Yeah. So up for it, um, were Jamie bell, Alden, uh, Aaron, Wright. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Frank Delane, Josh Hutcherson. Remember that video he made for it? Yes, I do. Um, Wait, he made yeah. that himself. That wasn't like a leaked thing. No, no. He made that himself. Okay. To send to the product because he wanted it so bad. Bless his wow. heart. Bless his heart. Um, Aaron Johnson, who would have been dope. Uh, Anton Yelchin, who would have been incredible. Honestly. That was my, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Big, wow. Yeah. Logan Lerman and Michael Angarano. I don't know who that is. Um, I think that's Spy. I think that's Sky High Kid. Oh, yeah. Okay. So a lot of like dudes with like brown kind of flippy hair. Sure. Um, like they they all they people. all look like they could be different comic illustrations of Peter Parker. Yes, definitely. Um, I love. I really do like Andrew Garfield uh, a lot, a lot more than a lot of people. A lot of people really can't stand him for some reason. I not, and I'm not even just talking about as Spider Man. I just mean like oh, generally. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean yeah. Like he's just a certain kind of guy that I think will always rub a certain kind of guys or people like the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm right there with you. I'm a big, I was a big Andrew Garfield fan. I remember being like really excited. You know, Anton Yelchin would have made a great Harry. He would have been maybe the best Harry we could ever have possibly had. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree with that completely. The hair, uh, the vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. The idea of, of a Peter Parker with curly hair is kind of weird. It's <laughs> sure. It's, yeah. It feels weird. Um, but uh, Aaron Johnson would have been a great, like Aaron Johnson and Anton Yelchin as like oh, Peter wow. and yeah. Harry. Like, wow. I can't, it's been too long. I can't not picture like rip to shit mountain man beard Aaron Taylor Johnson. Sure. This would have been right off a of kick ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he's, Which, he's good at playing like a, a dork in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So it went to Andrew Garfield. Um. I don't know that he was the right choice. Because I think he was the whole point of this was like they're rebooting and he's going to be younger. The whole point of this is that it's going to be a trilogy and he's going to go from being a boy to becoming a man by the end of the trilogy. Like that's the the character arc that they were setting up. And I'm like, then why did you cast a 28 year old man to do? Why are you just doing Tobey Maguire again? He was 28 at the time of filming. He was 26 or seven. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean. Like it's, you know, his chemistry with Emma Stone is like maybe the highlight of both of these movies. And so it's like difficult to like take that because if you take them out, it's like a completely different movie. But yeah, I think you're right. It's like all these different. He was, he was 28. I just confirmed okay. he was 28 because yes. he's, he is 38 currently. Got it. Yeah. And the movie's going to be 10 next year. Yeah. So like all these decisions like aren't building on one another. Mm-hmm. of like yeah like the sureness of vision of like well yeah andrew garfield had a really great screen test and he would look great in the suit and he's a brilliant actor but our vision is that we need him to be like 18 19 years old because we want to make three of these but 
there, no one was having those conversations. And so it, like you said, Scott, it's like, wait, then what are we doing? Are we just, why, why are, why are we doing it this way? Why is this happening? Yes. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And his chemistry with Emma Stone didn't even come into the equation yet because he was cast before Emma Stone. Yes. Because yeah. they cast around him. Mm-hmm. So no, they just cast him before they cast anyone else in this movie. Yeah. And, and he was the choice. Um, Webb stated that he felt he knew Garfield was the right guy when they were filming a cut, a, 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 a cut scene where he was eating a cheeseburger while telling Gwen to calm down. Oh um, yeah. I believe it. Like, yeah. Some of my favorite but, but notice, but notice Webb stated that he knew he was the right guy when they were already making the movie. Oh, like, I, I see what you mean. Like, man, we really, we really know before that. Like we cast the right guy right here. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get into it. Cause I think yeah. he has some great Spider-Man moments in this movie. Yeah. Um, that yeah, I really enjoy, sure. but so then became the love interest. So originally, Okay. Uh, the film was going to feature both Mary Jane Watson and Gwen Stacy in a love triangle, like old school love triangle kind like of Twilight. Thing. Yep. Like Twilight, um, reverse Twilight. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one, one dude, two ladies, um, <laughs> Spider-Man, one dude, two ladies. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, so that was originally the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when the switch came from going from like a Twilight uh, YA style movie into a big blockbuster, they cut one of them and they decided, well, if we're going to cut one, we should cut the one we've done before. So right. they cut Mary Jane and went with Gwen Stacy. List of candidates as of August 2010 for the role of Gwen Stacy. Lily Collins. Emily Ophelia, and Yeah. Ophelia Lovabond, uh, Imogen Poots, Teresa Palmer, Emma Roberts, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Mia Wasikowski, mm-hmm. Diana Agron, Georgina Haig, Dominique McElligott, and of course, Emma Stone. Wow. Diana Agron would have been really interesting. Yeah. From that Glee. was just like, yeah, that was just like, full on just off the heat of glee yeah i'll be yeah, absolutely yeah. um and emma stone of course like hot off of like easy a and crazy stupid love right right um yeah, yeah i mean did you do any do any i mean like i mean of those lists of names if we're going back to 2010 i would still like you know like those are some really good actors but like well then i don't know because like gwen is such a blank slate in the script and i think right Emma Stone being Emma Stone really brings that character to life yes. and makes her feel like a living, breathing person, even though in the script, she's just kind of your typical love superhero love interest, unfortunately. Right, right, right. Exactly. I think, um, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm not seeing anyone who jumps out at me as, as mm-hmm. some like Lily Collins is the only one that I'm like, well, I could see it. But mm-hmm. I don't know that she would have brought what Emma Stone brought to it, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's also like, is there, because there's like Steve Ditko, Stan Lee, Gwen Stacy. Right. And then there's this version of Gwen Stacy, which is like in a lab coat with a, like, you know, also does science. You know, I don't know. Right. Those seem, the, the, I mean, not like, because like, my, I haven't read a ton of old school stuff, but isn't Gwen Stacy. I could see Lily Collins really playing the Steve Ditko Gwen Stacy really well. Well, uh, well, so 
interestingly enough, there's barely any uh, Steve Ditko. Oh, okay. Um, Gwen Stacy, because he he was off the book Got right it. when he goes to college, and he doesn't meet Gwen until he goes to college. It's like Ramita, John Ramita. Yeah, it would have been Ramita. Okay. Um, but yeah, she's a science student. Um, oh, okay. But but isn't like. I don't know. There's not a lot there. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. It was the sixties. Um, sure. So Rice Iffins, yeah. only person, only person who they wanted for the lizard. What if? Yeah. Yeah. Only one. Um, you know, he's, yeah, <laughs> he's, I mean, I don't know. It's like, I, I, the lizard is actually kind of one of the biggest, I think, whiffs of this movie. Yes. It's huge. Yeah. Cause he's, the perfect Spider-Man villain because he's yeah. so full of pain and tragedy and pathos yeah. and yeah. The, the movie is so uninterested in any of it. Yeah. I was floored. I'm always floored to find out that he has like no family in this movie. So funny. Okay. You should okay. say that. Okay. Okay. So, 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 so I was reading a behind the scenes uh, uh, book about this. And um, first of all, the behind the scenes book that I was reading, which I got for the the uh, hopefully inevitable season of Spider-Man Minute that, mm-hmm. you know, we never cross the threshold to reach. Like Spider-Man 4. Um, right, exactly. Um, but I was, I was flipping through it this morning, doing some, doing some uh, skimming. And the thing that I love about this is, like, <laughs> they talk about the lizard, and they're, like, early in the book. It's, like, one of those big art books. And so it's, yeah, like, you know, yeah. like 150 pages or whatever. And in the beginning of it... <laughs> The visual effects people are like, are like, um, uh, are like, hey, um, you know, we didn't do any motion capture for this because, um, you know, we watched, we studied Rice Iffin's, uh, uh, and, and his performance and we, we, we put all of that into the animation, but there's no performance capture. He doesn't exist like a human. So, like, mm-hmm. we couldn't really, do performance capture for it and right. make it look natural. So like we, we didn't do that. And then 50 pages later, Mark Webb is like, yeah, no, they did performance capture. Um, you know, they Whoa. did all of this and it just completely contradicts itself within the same book. <laughs> so you're like, about what, what? how they, how they got this. Um, so I feel like they, somebody just lied to Mark Webb. It was like, yeah, no, totally. We're doing performance capture. Absolutely, wow. man. Cause yeah, cause like in big movies like this, Robert Rodriguez says this. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's super easy in a big movie to be like, well, that's that's the that's our department. Right. Or well that you don't have to worry about that, Mark. That's the visual effects department. You need to focus right. on directing the actors. This will all just you're just gonna go to the premiere and it'll just be done. It'll be great. Right, right. I'm over exaggerating, but like sometimes it can feel very compartmentalized. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's literally departments. Um right. so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so um so in talking about the lizard in this book, mm-hmm. um, they talk about how there's, there's this, they're like, yeah, no, I mean, they have this, let me see. I, I'm trying to think about the best way to do this. Okay. So in the original script, the way that they built a connection between Peter and Kurt mm-hmm. is that Kurt has a wife and a son. Mm-hmm. And in the at the beginning of the movie, they leave him. And that's why in the third act, he's like, I just want everyone to be lizards because lizards don't leave their family and they're all <laughs> friends forever. Like, and he's got his stupid lizard brain who thinks that there's like logic behind what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's turning everyone to lizards, because his hope is that by 
turning everyone in New York into lizards. He will turn his son and his wife into a lizard and they will come back to him. Yes. That's the reason he's doing all of this. Mm -hmm. And they shot it, man. Sure. They shot the stuff. They cast his wife and his son. They, they shot all of that. And then they cut it out of the movie. And it's so funny because that was always the thematic connection between them was that like, they're both missing their, like their family. Right. It's like he lost his uncle Ben and he doesn't know who his parents are. And then he lost his like, so there's this abandonment stuff. Yeah. There's this pathos between Mm. them. Right. Yeah. Abandonment. Totally. Um, And so it's so funny because they cut that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I'm reading the art book and they're just like, yeah, you know, like in, in this movie, Spider-Man and the lizard, they have this great connection. Um, and, and the connection is about how they're missing things. And, you know, Peter is, is missing this connection to his father and Kurt is missing his arm. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just like, my sweet ass arm. What? (laughs) You know, an arm, your family. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's an bonkers. There's an incredible moment where, uh, Irfan Khan has like a line to Dr. Connors where he's like, you'll have to say goodbye to your precious arm or something to that effect. And it was like, it was really funny. Oh God. Yeah. So, Khan's in this. He sure is. Um, he sure is. And he, he really gives it his all. Um, a, a I parent, uh, Irfan Khan is, it's so interesting being an American because like as someone who mostly watches Western movies, I've only seen him be like a business guy in two scenes of blockbuster movies, but yeah. Apparent, like if you're, you know, if you if you watch like Eastern cinema, Indian cinema, he's like one of the greatest actors who's ever lived. Yeah, kind of like um, what's his name in uh, Shang Chi? T- Tony Lung, yeah, Tony Lung, yeah. It's kind of the same situation. <laughs> Most Americans aren't going to realize what a huge get it is that this actor is in this like superhero movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so okay, so that sucks. I mean, yeah, because like now the lizard's just a maniac. Who- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> like, like and, he has a lizard brain. It doesn't fucking matter. Literally, like an hour and twenty minutes into it, he's like, "If they're lizards, they'll be perfect. I have to make them perfect." And he like has he's throwing the the, the yeah the gas at people. I and I just think in general, the choice, the design choice for the. I mean, a lot of the design choices. Yeah, I mean, I'm we're not, I'm not the first person to say this, but he looks like one of the, the the Koopas from the Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, no, he absolutely does. So so many times in this, I'm just like, God, we just talked about this movie. Yeah, um, yeah. and like it's the lizard. He he should like give him a a, a muzzle. That's all I want. Is I want a yeah. long, scary muzzle with crocodile yeah. teeth. And and Mark Webb didn't do himself any favors because like people would be like, yeah, why doesn't he look like a lizard? And he was and he would just be like, look, I'm making a movie, okay? I'm not making a comic book. I can't uh, make it look like a comic book because I'm making a movie, like not a comic book. It wouldn't really look. He wouldn't really turn into a lizard. He would turn into a gross lumpy potato like, guy with a tail. And it's like he wouldn't turn into fucking anything because none of die. this shit is any real. You fucking idiot. They would yeah. both die of nuclear radiation poisoning in a week. Yes, exactly. So uh, yeah, I so that's really frustrating. But um, yeah, no, he looks terrible, and they take away <laughs> the only fun part about the lizard, which is that he wears a lab coat. Uh, yeah. he's a lizard scientist. Like that's I, yeah, yeah, so fun. It's so I, fun, and yeah, my heart really breaks at what a Sam Raimi lizard transformation scene could have been. 
but but yeah i mean if he wasn't into it then if it was never gonna happen but yeah like there's so i there's not a lot of fun being had in this movie like i think that's why the emma stone andrew garfield stuff pops as much as it does is because it's the one part that wasn't like decided by a committee it's just two humans having natural chemistry and like it's fun watching them be dumb flirty kids just a natural spark yeah um yeah I so so okay so I hate the lizard design of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really really hate the Spider-Man costume. Um, so yeah, the design of this, the point of it was that they were like, well, realistically, they're like we wanted to make it look like something a kid could put. Yeah, together. like yeah, like he he bought a bunch of stuff and he he cut it together and he made it. Yeah. I don't think it looks that way. No, I, I, I mean, it looks like unless he made it out of like a basketball, like, I don't know how you make this. <laughs> like fabric. I, I will, I will agree that the, the Brammy suit absolutely doesn't look like, a, yeah. you know, who knows where he got it, but you don't question right. it. Cause it's Spider-Man. Yeah. It looks great. And I yeah. love his amazing Spider-Man two costume, but sure. this is like, it's somewhere in the middle where it doesn't look like a kid made it, but it also, has all the it looks it has so many pieces it has so many yeah. different like connective parts to it yeah um they wanted it to look like a gymnast like flashy gymnast costume or like a runner sure. or like a like like you know like those flashy colorful costumes that like olympians wear mm-hmm. but not spandex um, definitely not spandex but not spandex which is what they actually wear um yeah <laughs> really dismissive of spandex peter parker in this movie yeah so um i just hate it i and, and the I eyes the are web, weird the eyes are weird the web design is awful it's a checkerboard instead of webs like mm-hmm. there's a very specific thing about the webbing on the spider-man face mm-hmm. to make it look like spider-man and it's that there's a center point at which the webs sort of like pull out of the center point. It all comes out of where the nose is. Okay. That's where the webs come out of. And this is just a checkerboard. Right. Um, it doesn't look like Spider-Man. <laughs> like yeah. it, it's, 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 uh, it's rough. I don't, that's kind I'm of a, uh, that is kind of why I would like to revisit the John Watts movies is because I can't picture what they do different off the top of my head. Mm. And for, as far as webbing, like how it looks. So oh, be- I'm just talking about like the webbing design on the suit. Oh, I thought you meant his webbing. Oh, oh, I see what you mean now. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. look like webs. It looks like yeah. It looks like a design. It's just like a checkerboard. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't. It's it, it. The point of it is that it comes from the nose. That's okay. the center point. I think where the it's nose like, of like okay, <laughs> where it's like a yeah, like the nose. The nose of the mask is like a little like um like a little like pentagon kind of mm-hmm. thing, and then the web like comes off. There's like lines off of each point of the pentagon, and then like they draw the webs through all of those lines. Right. Yeah. But this is just a checkerboard. Um, and the, the boots are weird. It's, the boots are weird. It's yeah. like, I remember thinking of this at the time. It's like, well, they knocked it out of the park so perfectly in the first three and we can't just do that again. So it, it felt like different for the sake of being different. Yeah. And I yeah. think they course correct and amazing Spider-Man too. Yeah. And it's just a lot of old people talking about what kids want in the art book. Oh, like really? I was just like looking up. Yeah, I was just like every time somebody in in the art book that I was reading the behind the scenes thing, every time somebody was like, 
yeah, you know, we were trying to make this for a new generation. I would go and I would look up how old this person was that said mm-hmm. this, and they were all over 50. Right. Yeah. He is at, kind at of the time. Yes. Yeah. He's like, uh, he's like Poochie. He's like the, the Poochie of Peter Parker's. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a skateboard. He's got a camera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's, let's talk about the movie just in general. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had that, the prologue that we talked about. So, um, there was one part, I think my least favorite part of the movie, there was this part where, okay. So the scene where he wakes up and he gets his powers, right. And he just like assaults random New Yorkers in the subway, in the subway by accident. Yeah. By accident. Yeah. And it's like, why is this the way you could do anything you want in the whole world? Any way for Peter Parker to learn that he gets his powers. That isn't the way that Tobey Maguire did. And you pick, he accidentally rips a woman's shirt off and a bunch of New Yorkers go to help this woman. And Peter Parker beats all of them up until they're (laughs) on the ground unconscious. And, and we're supposed to be like laughing at it. (laughs) I'm laughing at the absurdity of that decision. Yes. (laughs) And oh, and that starts the chain of this. Peter Parker is fucking terrible at keeping his identity a secret. Yeah, he is. There's like 24 New Yorkers in this movie that knows that he's Spider Man. Yeah, I mean, my 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 thing about about the identity thing. So, like, I I like mm-hmm. that he's such a loner. He has no friends. Yeah. That he feels like he has to tell you believe that he he has to tell Gwen because he has to tell somebody because nobody knows like he can't talk to anybody about it. So he's like, I'm going to tell this girl. And then that's good because then it gets her involved in everything really quickly. Yes. And that's really cool. How how active Gwen is the plot, how they they make the fact that she does work at Oscorp and is Dr. Connors assistant. It doesn't feel like shoehorn girl boss stuff. It actually it feels organic. Right. Um, I hate that Oscorp is in this. Um, yeah, it's like, why? You didn't need to. No. Norman no. Osborn is referenced in this. And it's like, the, why are we in such a hurry to get to this? Well, and it's also like he's referenced in it, but they're just like, but don't worry. He's not here. He's missing. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, oh, con. okay, great. He's, in a um, he's dying, I guess. And we're going to, we got to figure out how to fix that. Uh, I, all of so, that is just like messy garbage that doesn't need to be in here. It's chuffa. So stuff I did like. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a part where okay, I think Dennis Leary is well cast in this. Oh well, I'm uh, not done talking about Oscorp. Hold on. Oh, please, so, please, please. So, so, so I I really don't like the design of Oscorp. The sort of like the tower app, Apple-y kind of look to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually reminded me a lot of the the PlayStation Spider-Man game. Oh, only yeah. it's done a lot better in that. I think. Okay. Um, but no, my thing with, with, with the Oscorp is like, I don't know what it's adding to anything. Like, I don't know what we're getting out of having Oscorp Yeah. as part of this. I don't know why Oscorp has to be responsible for the spider that bites Peter. And I don't, I don't understand. Like, would it be so much more interesting if Peter's only friend in high school is his science teacher, Dr. Connors. Okay. And like when he finds finds his dad's briefcase with the stuff in it, Mm -hmm. with the stuff about like, you know, you know, whatever. Regenerative algorithm. Right. He goes to his buddy 
his only friend, the yeah. grown adult man, Kurt Connors. Kind of like Edge of 17. Like, kind of. Yeah. Know. Be like, hey, what do you what do you think about all this? Because I think this and this and this. And then he uses his father's research to be mm. like, oh, I can fix my arm. I can bring my wife back and my son back and like, yeah. you know, get my life back and then turns into the lizard. And then there's a more personal connection to Kurt. Yeah. And him. Of like, yeah. you're my only friend at school. Like, he's my mentor. Because, yeah, that's a very real thing of like your favorite high school teacher when you're like a nerdy kid. Yeah. Like this grown up that doesn't think you're a freak. The kind of like, don't worry, Peter. Like when you're in college, they'll they'll see that you're a cool kid. Yeah. I don't like that Kurt isn't like a blue collar scientist. I don't I don't like that he's like on the cover of magazines. Yeah. And like it, it takes away. I mean, like, yeah, Dylan Baker's Kirk, Kirk Connors was just like a university professor that probably had like a really dirty car and like yeah. had like one suit. I love that. And that's kind of, yeah, I don't know. And that's indicative, I think, of the movie in general, where there's a slickness to this okay. and a coolness that, and I don't think it has to be the, I don't want them to be the Raimi movies, but I think the choices that they make kind of lead to this sort of like movie by committee feel that it has and it can't shake. A, just yeah. showing his origin again is so, I just think this movie does so little favors for itself. Yeah. Like, why would you need to? That's so iconic. Why yeah. do you need to? Sh why are you deciding to have Uncle Ben get get? Because like the Uncle Ben stuff is so muddled in this. Yeah. And it you didn't even you could just avoid it the way that the. <laughs> also, I didn't realize until watching it this time how much of a prick Uncle Ben is. Like <laughs> he he treats Aunt May like shit. He's no, like shut up. Yeah, yeah, because he's just like he's. <laughs> He's like, you know, he, like he he does the thing you, about like the the meatloaf. Your meatloaf sucks. Yeah, no one will eat your meatloaf. Why haven't you ever told me about? Shut up! Like, <laughs> it's, it's, he's he's like a he's like an asshole. Um, that being said, I don't know how I never uh, watching it this time. I realized that Martin Sheen and Sally Field in this are the 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 white version of my parents. <laughs> oh my God! You're right. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> I just saw them standing side by side. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, but, but yeah, like I mean, um, the yeah, the Uncle Ben stuff is a waste of time. Yeah, because, and it, and it, yeah. it's just it's derivative and it's lesser than because like it's avoidable. Like the gun. Yeah. Okay, the dude. Okay, like it's so convoluted because now it's just a, a quick stop or a bodega instead of a wrestling match. Yeah, and. So it's still they that's like they're they're too afraid to make it totally different. Yeah. But like so like the, And the guys the guys a dick about a take a penny, leave a penny. Yeah. Thing and they're like and then like that's why his uncle dies. Cuz there was probably a studio note they're like, "Well, Peter, he has to be a dick too so the audience doesn't think that Peter's a dick." Yeah. Whereas in the Rami one it's like, "Remind me how that's my problem." Yeah, you know. Yeah. And yeah. then like the the gun is on the ground and then Uncle Ben chooses to jump and leap at this guy. Yeah. Like, no, you hide. You like just don't move and he will just run past you because yeah. he's not like looking. He doesn't need a car and you just happen to be in a car and it was this, you know, random senseless tragedy. And then on top of all of that, because you're 100% right about everything you've said, <laughs> but then also his death is meaningless outside of getting the whole Spider-Man thing started that engine roar roaring yeah. of like, I got to find this guy and I'm going to, I'm going to dress up like Spider-Man to find him mm -hmm. outside of that. 
it's completely pointless because this Peter Parker could give a shit. All he cares about is his parents. Everything that he does, every driving force in his life is about him finding out stuff about his father, not even his parents. That's not even true. His father specifically, his mother, his mother joins his father, his father on like this trip for like no reason, like just, leaves her son behind to support her husband i yeah. guess i i don't know but then you find out in the sequel that she's also a spy or whatever because she yeah she's like, it's like and then it's like um i don't know man because like there's that scene uh like he uh, never the, cares about what she does he only cares about her yeah, his dad it's like oh yeah. you look just like your father with those glasses oh we found yeah. your father's briefcase it's this weird hero's journey father thing that so many movies do yeah and um oh and then yeah but there was this part where um Uncle Ben's like, hey, kiddo, I'm, I'm, oh, oh, he has like the Gwen Stacy screensaver. Yeah. And then there's this part where he's like, hey, Uncle Ben, you're a pretty great dad. Like, oh, I'm like, oh, cool. So they're, they're fine. Yeah. They're, they're good. Like, yeah. it's, I don't know. It's like the movie's afraid to really put him in these really hard, painful places. Which doesn't feel right because, you know, people die and, and, and Andrew Garfield is really good at acting like sad, but like they don't even they, they skip to the end. They 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 kind of half step out of what could have been a really classic, tragic Spidey can't be happy ending. Right. Because they're like, well, it can't end on a down note. Right. Right. It's yeah, that's an awful choice. We'll get to it. Well, we um, I I also. Yeah. I mean, just like. It's a bummer too because Michael Michael Sheen is such a good Uncle Ben. Yeah, um, yeah, such a good I, choice for. Uncle I don't ben. have a lot of book learning, but I. Yeah. Oh man, but like, but yeah, you don't really get you get a sense that like Peter's just been floating since he was a kid, like waiting for his parents to come home. It doesn't feel like he treats May like a mom until Uncle Ben dies. Yeah, they don't. You don't get that. Fam, fam familial unit sense no. which is interesting because they give almost exactly the same amount of time to them that the Raimi movies do so you just you find i found myself thinking about even though i haven't seen that movie in years and years i couldn't help but be like michelangelo like there's meatloaf and veggies in the fridge i'm like oh wait no that's the other one yeah this yeah. is the one where it's the basement flooded and he forgot I, or he forgot yeah. and aunt may's meatloaf is trash uh <laughs> He's inedible and inedible and oh, has been for 30 though. years. <laughs> oh man. Um I like um I mean I do really want, I don't want to how, how far ahead do you want to go? Like Go ahead. Um good Spider-Man okay. moment to me. Okay, mm-hmm. so two two moments that I like. When he goes to eat family dinner at the Stacy's. That's and, good. And yeah, and 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 he's like, well, I think Spider Man's a pretty good guy. And Kevin says, like, no, he's not a good guy because you know what? He's going after the same looking kind of person. So he has a vendetta, and they just happen to be criminals. He's not helping anybody. And like Andrew Garfield has this moment where he's like, oh shit, he's right. Yeah, I like that the movie lets Captain Stacy make a point and actually help Peter realize that he isn't being the Spider Man that he could be. Yeah. And then the next scene is when he saves that little boy, and. That to me is a really great Spider-Man moment. It is good. Where letting him wear the mask. Letting him wear the yeah, yeah. And like making him feel brave. And right. it's like kind of pitch perfect because I never thought about this before, but um, you know, if Spider-Man were real, right? And he yeah. really did save a, a kid from like dying in a in a car in a in a car falling into a river. Yeah. 
it it probably helps that little boy that he's going to remember Spider-Man being this bright, friendly person. Mm-hmm. And like he like just him being like Spider-Man and not like big because, you know, like he takes off the mask because like, the kid thinks that he's scary right now. Right. Because he's just a scary masked guy. And I was right. like, oh, like, yeah, this moment really gets Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. I I just wish I wish that scene was during the day. <laughs> yeah, it's a very dark the, movie. The fact that it's at night really like kind of takes the wind out of the sails of that scene. Cause mm-hmm. I do like the scene a lot. And it's just like it being at night just feels it makes it feel like grimmer and darker than it should. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh oh, uh opposite what what did you think of uh Peter Parker skateboarding the cold play? <laughs> that scene was again that was just me being like, oh, this this is made by old people, a committee of old people. <laughs> He always skates. That this is this is what the kids do. You know, like Max from Goofy movie. He's cool. <laughs> That's still relevant, right? <laughs> so uh, I wanted to I wanted to bring something up to you because, like, you know, speaking of a Spider Man Far From Home or No Way yeah. Home, yeah. So I'm on record on a few podcasts saying that I I, I didn't think that the other two Spider Men are going to be in that one. Yeah, and I'm probably wrong. Yeah, um, there there's a really good chance that they're all gonna show up and they're going to be like, you turn off the thing. I'll stop the spell, whatever. Yeah. And, but I'm like, Oh, like third act business. Yeah. 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 And I, I started thinking about the three of them together. And I think Garfield Spider-Man has potential to be really fun bouncing off of the other two. Yeah. Because like, if they all, I was kind like, of the wild card. He is. He's kind of like the, the, the wise ass bad boy. Like, so like if they all went to the freaks and geek high school, then yeah. Tom Holland and Tobey Maguire would be geeks, but Andrew Garfield would be a freak. Mm. He would be with Jason Siegel and James Franco and Seth Rogen, like listening, yeah. to, listening to Zeppelin and like smoking pot. But you're right. The other two like play D and D and like love star Wars. Yeah. And that those three like bouncing off each other could be really fun. Yeah. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. People will like, People who really like Andrew Garfield's Peter, um, and I don't hate his Peter Parker at all. Um, I, I or his Spider Man. I don't. I don't hate him at all. But like I, uh, then there's like a lot of moments that I really I think he nails as Peter mm-hmm. Parker. But um, the like, oh my god, the scene when he after after the subway scene and he's like in bed like it's like him waking up and like breaking shit and like yeah because yeah. he can't figure out how strong he is and then like just sitting on his bed and just being like i don't know what to do or what to touch like <laughs> yeah. that's that's like the most peter parker shit i love that he's a great physical actor like even watching him get psyched about making his gadgets and stuff was fun to watch yeah yeah but um people who defend him like very much will say sure. like hey He's a nerd. He's just a different kind of nerd. He he wouldn't get girls. He's just a he's like a different and it's like no. There is no universe where a broody like yeah. like a like a a broody skinny like, sharp-faced like tousled hair. Yeah, guy with a skateboard yeah. who's smart wouldn't get girls. Yeah. It, he, like he, oh my god. He really does feel like a kid I went to high school with. But yeah, he's a kid who he was a kid that like every girl that I know is like, oh, my God, Peter's so hot. He like, yeah, 
He like doesn't no, that talk. Scene, that scene where that girl is like, are you free on Friday to take pictures of my boyfriend's car? And you're supposed to be like, oh, Peter never gets the girl. And I'm like, no, that girl would be checking to see if like he's free the night that her boyfriend's out of town. Like that's, yeah, that's like, his vibe. He, like, and like, and it, it were it like, cause th- you get why Gwen likes him. Yeah. You, you get like what he sees in her. Cause he is like, yeah, he's like this troubled, like James Dean kind of. Yeah. But you know, but like, I think, I think it helps that like Sam, I don't know. Sam Raimi didn't write the Spider-Man trilogy. Correct. He wrote the third one. He wrote the third one. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like he was a nerd. Yes. Growing up. I've like read enough about him to know that like, you know, and so there's just kind of like a firsthand knowledge of like, yeah, I know how this person would have maneuvered around the and like conducted right. how, you know, how like Toby Maguire, Peter was so uncomfortable around everybody. Yeah. And this guy is like on a, he just is, he's weird. Yeah. Like his reactions, the way he like, doesn't know how to smile with his teeth or mm-hmm. he'll just like kind of hide behind and it's weird, but it's also like adorable. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a thing too, where it's like, you wouldn't have to, you you didn't, you wouldn't have had to like do much to make it believable. All you would have had to do is have that girl not ask him to take pictures of her boyfriend's car, but actually ask him out and him just be like, uh, no, uh, that's okay. Like, like, just like have. Like a thing of just like, I don't, you don't even know me. Like why? Right. Yeah. Like Gwen's kind of the first girl or kid at his school that he can like vibe with and connect with. Right. He's just often Peter Parker land and people kind of like, oh, that's, oh, you have, oh, you have a crush on Peter. That's cute. He's a basket case. He's so weird. Yeah, totally. Like you could make it make sense and, Mm -hmm. and, and make it believable that a guy that looks like that, who acts like that, dresses like that. Isn't yeah. isn't getting girls right? Um, yeah, he, like even his room. It's like yeah, that's a, that's a hot guy's room. Yeah, right, totally. But like the yeah. movie is kind of muddled, and again, it feels very committee of like. But Peter Parker's a nerd, so we're going to have Flash Thompson bully him for like Act One. The oh, yeah. this Flash really, yeah. Thompson, this Flash Thompson is so fucking hardcore. I thought he was going <laughs> to murder him. Yeah. Like he's like a he's just like murdering kids at this school he's like a <laughs> serial killer when, when he like chucks that kid off camera yeah he what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean i kind of i was getting like euphoria vibes from this flash like he kind of yeah when he like um okay oh yeah well okay what do you Th- think this about- flash this flash definitely od'd at some point in his 20s like yeah that's that's his vibe for sure that's shame about flash <laughs> yeah so, oh, did he go to war? No, 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 no. He OD'd. <laughs> the inner war, the hardest. <laughs> so, how do you feel about? So, in the movie's defense, this is a very different vision of Flash, yeah, um, than than uh, 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 Big Dick Richie, right? Of like, oh, he's like troubled and intense, but he's got a good heart, and he even like becomes a ally to Peter by the end of the movie. How did you feel about that? I feel I that's very Flash Thompson. That's what okay. he's supposed to be. But Great. I think that the 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 switch is too hardcore. It's yeah. he goes from serial killer to like best hey, bud. I get it, man. I get you. Yeah. You can talk to me. It's so weird. It's, yeah, it comes, it's, it comes it, out of nowhere. Oh man, it's just it just feels really he's so intense in both directions. It doesn't uh, yeah. Yeah. Make any sense. I mean, um, we just watched Rushmore and that has a really beautiful bullies become friends arc. Hell yeah. Um, 
that doesn't have that much more screen time committed to it, to be honest. Right. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah I this bet is, there's. I I I love the bit where he's like, "Hey, I just, I like, I I, you know, I it feels I, good, I, doesn't I, it? Yeah. Like, yeah, I like that, yeah. but." the part before that where he like literally wants to like slit Peter's throat yeah. is a lot. Um, and then the bit at the end when he's wearing the Spider-Man shirt and he's like, chicks dig him. And I'm he's like, fine. they dig the shirt with his logo on it. Like, what, what are you saying? Like, Wait, is that a Spider-Man shirt? You want to go out with me? Right? <laughs> yeah. That yeah, guy's like, crazy. What? How is that t-shirt <laughs> getting you girls? I think he doesn't want to admit that he thinks Spider-Man's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, I that's bet that's always people... what it was in the. That's always what it was in the comics. Is he's he he is annoyed by Peter Parker, but loves Spider Man. Oh, got it. And they they bring that into the Tony Ravioli. Tony yeah, Ravioli. totally. Yeah, oh. yeah. T- Tony Ravioli. Yeah. <laughs> I, I that, was, that was what that's what all the kids called him when they were in Italy. Um, yes. Yeah. In Far From Home. I um, yeah. I can, it would have been cool if they really. Uh, I mean, this is what I love so much about the Tom Holland movies is like Midtown High feels like a real place. Yes. Like you got Betty Brandt, you've got Ned, you like, I'm excited to just see those characters again when the new movie Mm -hmm. comes out. And totally. I, but I do really, really like that because there's no Harry Osborn in this movie, because Mm -hmm. he has no friend. Yes. Glenn is his friend. And so Glenn gets to fill that role. And I think that's why that stuff sings so much is because yeah. there's so much time spent on it. A big, a big plus that I had thinking w- when I was watching the end of it is like, this is one of the more um, of the superhero movies. I think this is one of the better romances. Yeah. And the most invest, like you said, time and and care put into those scenes. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, Oh man, if they had really committed and made this like a, I mean, you know, God forbid making a big budget romance in Hollywood again, but yeah, Ugh, that could, that could have been really cool because yeah, like you said, like the stuff with them really sings of just them being so into each other, but like not knowing how to talk to each other. Cause even Emma stone, Gwen reads a lot like Andrew Garfield where, yeah, you can imagine like tons of kids at the school having crushes on both of them or them being like really popular or, or not, but they're so in their own worlds that they don't have a lot of connections. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, yeah, the, the DNA lit stuff is super boring, super boring. The way that he gets just like, just like he just gets spiders poured on top of him for no reason. Yeah. And that's how he gets the spider bite. That's it's super. a lot like, it's a lot like the suit where it's like, you can't top the Raimi version, but for some reason we're going to try. So let's make something really busy and like empty. Yeah. Which is like this big complicated spinning set. Who knows what that machine was doing or what it was for. Right. But you can't Yeah, beat... we never we never find out. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't beat a spider just lands on his hand and bites it. Oh, uh, yeah. Man. Super yeah. spider. Super um spider. <laughs> uh yeah, like I mean like when when Ben kind of half does the responsibility monologue and that was don't, annoying. You that don't have him do it then. That was so annoying. When it, it was like, it was like, just like the most, like, I don't want to say it. I don't, I don't want to plagiarize this thing. So I'm going to rewrite this quote in a way that isn't plagiarizing. Like that's <laughs> that, very much what it felt like. That's why I don't get the, you know, cause like, I don't, it's fine, but you know, the Holland movies when, have their detractors as well. 
Yeah. But I don't get people that are like that want Uncle Ben and want all this stuff. It's like we you saw it, what it's like when they do that again. It just feels like yeah. microwave Aunt May meatloaf. Yeah. When 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 a person has the a special power, power. no special abilities they have a moral have the ability obligation. to do something special. You have a moral obligation to do those things. Yeah. Responsibility, if you will. A moral obligation. Anyway, I'm gonna go wander broke. I'm gonna they go just, wander around like Queens. They, just, they took each individual word and looked up in the thesaurus. Like, what's another right. word we can say instead? Yeah. Like they just threw it, they just used grammarly oh, to, to make the Cliff Robertson speech different. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, so and it, and it's not even his saying; it's his father's saying. You know, my dad had to say. No, no, no. It's 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 Peter's oh, Richard father. Richard Parker. Yeah, they gave saying. they gave the great power comes great responsibility to Richard Parker instead of Uncle right. Ben. Like Ben. Yeah. Once again, no serving no purpose to this movie, Uncle Ben, other than getting the ball rolling on the plot on the right. Spider-Man stuff. And like, I don't. I remember being like, God, maybe this is just the magic of movies, but. It doesn't – I don't get the emotional through line of how he goes from Uncle Ben dying, beating up that guy, falling into the luchador ring, seeing yeah. a mask and becoming Spider-Man. Like I couldn't tell you why that's any different than the Tobey Maguire version, but it just doesn't work. And I, I was like, I don't know. I can't verbalize it. Maybe it's – I don't know if that's nostalgia or just the power of movies. No, I mean it's – it's because it's not it all feels inevitable. Right. Instead of instead of, you know It felt like uh like you could feel how much Toby Peter loved Uncle Ben. Right. And vice versa. And so like it makes and like the guilt, they really let you sit with that guilt for a while. Yeah. And like it you would you can imagine or em- empathize with him being inspired to start helping people. Well, and also like halfway through the movie, they jump forward like six months where he's been Spider-Man for a while. Right. Yeah. 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 That's they true. Don't, they don't do that here. Um, I like the crane. I like when the when the when the men, the construction men, help Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. That's always my favorite part of any you Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man, you mess with all of us. Bring them in, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Every yeah, the best part of any Spider-Man movie is when the city of New York like reacts to him whether it's like telling him to do a flip or saving his life you know yeah 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 for sure yeah because that's that's the other thing too i i feel like there was no like build up like the thing that i love about about toby mcguire's web slinging is that he's fucking terrified at first right yeah they had a big camera drop moment where you can see how far up he is yeah and then in this, it just seems like Andrew Garfield is like, yeah, cool. It's just like riding a skateboard, right? Just like, right. just like swinging those, swinging on those chains at the, at the old docks, the, the old Coldplay docks. Again, imagine you're a, you're a girl, you're walking home from school and you see Peter Parker just shredding on a skateboard by himself by the docks just because he's so moody. And you tell me you're not like journaling about it later. Yeah. Know? I saw Peter at the docks again. <laughs> he started dancing on a chain. He's so graceful. I wonder if he used to do ballet. Oh man. Yeah. I can I get through know. him. Um, yeah. Uh, Emma Stone's yeah, great. I, yeah. Emma Stone is really great. The Stacy uh, family is, is actually like pretty lived in. I really like those parts. 
Yeah. Yeah. I wish they had leaned in like they, they, they try with the, the sort of like theme of the meal being like a meal that he's never had before, yeah, but it's yeah. like all like second hat to them. And it's like, it's like, oh yeah, he doesn't know what it's like to have like a family, which is like bullshit. Think, because yeah, it's you, like, had, you had two people who loved you a lot since you but were like not 10. In this movie. Like in this movie, they were just <laughs> right. babysitting him for 10 years. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Which I think just kind of, I don't know. Like, I don't want to, it's like that's that's it's a valid relationship that he has with the with 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 May right. and Ben, and I think most Spider-Man readers or fans like rec- recognize that. Yeah. But it's it's just like such a weird, like he has to he has to miss his dad because that's what the whole movie's about. Yeah. So that and con- that I can't not undermine May and Ben. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's just like. From conception, it mm-hmm. was poor. It was a poor choice. Like, yeah, it, it would be one thing if you didn't do the origin, if you just started with the flashback and then jump forward and he's web slinging. It's mm-hmm. Spider-Man. There he is. And he's been Spider-Man for a year. Yeah. And for over know, a year now, the vigilante known as Spider-Man is. Yeah. And he's like yeah. thinking about his dad. He's like, you know, like ever since Uncle Ben died, I've thought I've been thinking a lot about my dad and like oh, all yeah, of that. Yeah. And then and then Aunt May could be like, oh, well, here he left this briefcase for you. Like, you know, oh. you're probably old enough for this now. And then there you go. You start unraveling it from there. But or, he's know, already Spider-Man. Yeah. Or know? even make 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 the briefcase like the thing that makes him be like, oh, fuck, that's right. My dad. Right. God, I've been so like wrapped up in everything, and May and Ben have done such a great job. But like, like, oh my God, why, why does Uncle Ben? Why is Uncle Ben the one who shows him the briefcase? He could just, he could die. Uncle Ben gets killed, and then as they're going through Uncle Ben's shit, because instead they find the briefcase, and he's like, I didn't. What? When? When did? When did Uncle Ben get a briefcase? Oh, that's not. That's not Ben's. That's your. That's your father's. And he's like, "Whoa, whoa, oh shit, yeah." I never. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just like he hadn't. It hasn't been a thing that he's. You know that that thing that's really human, where you don't realize there's been a hole, right? But then once you're aware of it, you're like, "Oh, that's right. That makes me. Wow, who was he? Who was this guy? Oh shit, he was a scientist like me. I yeah. never even thought because you know he like I like that he's this whiz kid and May and Ben are like super blue collar and they go to him to help with the pipes and stuff. Like that's cool." Yeah, but yeah, no, I, 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 I really love that too, but yeah, it just feels like you, like you were saying, it just undermines everything because he's just holding a torch for his dad and only his dad, never his mom, never (laughs) talks about his mom, only his dad. Couldn't tell you her name. Ugh. It's probably fucking Martha. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, th- feels, feels I think hacky. it's Mary. I think it is Mary, Mary, actually. Yeah. And yeah, and it's just like we've seen the the story. Like we don't need a chosen one story. That just makes him less interesting. And yes. And yeah, we we've been talking about that for almost ten years now with this movie. Yeah. Um yeah. but it's uh, still true. Like yeah. it's it just it just makes this you know what? I was like thinking and this is kind of a bummer, but like this movie's kind of a, a, a fork in the road because I don't think Spider-Man ever felt as big as he did in the Raimi movies because it's just kind of like, oh, he can just get rebooted. Mm-hmm. There's just and that, that was kind of the first time that had happened with this cycle of superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. The idea that, oh, no, Spider-Man's not Tobey Maguire. Spider-Man is a, as a p- property of Sony. 
Right. And he will be played by whoever we want, but there will always be a Spider-Man movie every three to four years. Right. Yeah. They, they compared him a lot to James Bond. Right. Yeah. In the, in the marketing for this to be like, yeah, Spider-Man's like James Bond, you know, like there's always going to be a new Spider-Man. Yeah. And that's kind of like the reverse. I think I, I remember a story where Kevin Feige said like the opposite about Tony Stark is like, you, you, we can't do that. Yeah. It is. This is so fucked up. <laughs> there is there there is five years between 2007 Spider-Man three and the amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. There is less time between the amazing Spider-Man, the first one mm-hmm. and Marvel Civil War, Captain America Civil War. Right. Then between the wow. previous reboot and there were already it took and there, there's little... a sequel in between those two things. Yeah. 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 And it's already over and done with. It's already over. The whole thing is over and done with. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what happens when I think a a big film, a big product like this is so rudderless. Yeah. You know, I'm not, you know, like, yeah, like big, like the Spider-Man, the current Spider-Man movies are also these big multi-country Colossus movies, but they don't feel like it. Those movies have a lot of heart, I think. Yeah. And I think this movie could have used more of it. I will be very interested to see where they go after No Way Home. Um, because yeah. it feels to me like you bring in a new director, a new a new creative team, and you go smaller. You tell Spider-Man stories oh, yeah. instead of instead of these universe spanning stories that they're doing now. That's what I'm hoping for. I hope we're not just we don't just get like like oh I have to fight Mr. Negative. I better team up with Shang-Chi in this one. You know, (laughs) you know, I was, I was thinking about that of like, okay, I'm trying to think of like why each of these were made Mm -hmm. each trilogy or whatever, each series. And it's like, okay, the Toby ones were made because like we have to, or like, we haven't yet. We've been trying to for years. Yeah. The, the, the amazing movies were kind of like, well, we have this franchise that we need. And the Toby McGuire, I mean, the Tom Holland movies were like, let's put this character in our universe. Mm-hmm. and see what that's like because we haven't seen that yet yeah and I mean, it kind of made me appreciate the tom holland movies a little more yes like, okay yeah because we hadn't seen that yet of him interacting with other characters yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah so i i do i do like that but that's not the only thing spider-man is right absolutely so although did you did you i mean you know we should save this probably for talk about like when we get to amazing spider-man 2 but like the rumor that 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 like the third movie was going to be the clone saga well i never heard that yeah yeah that was what the third movie was going to be that's where it all was leading to and that she was going to come back because she was going to be a clone of gwen stacy in the third movie and get spider powers and be spider gwen that would have been cool because i was like i was thinking today after watching it i was like well i have no interest in an amazing Spider-Man movie without Emma Stone. Yeah, right? Like, just yeah. out the out the door. You know, like, she... Like, I remember this when this came out, I was like, gosh, she's so cool and, like, funny. I almost think, like, it's a shame that the industry is the way that it is. Because, mm-hmm. like, I almost feel like in another universe, she could have been, like, Steve Martin. Or, like, Bill Murray. Yeah. Like, whenever I see her host, like, Saturday Night Live or play, like, big characters, like, in The Favorite or Corella. You yeah. can just feel her. You could feel like the energy kind of go up. And in this one, she's just like a girlfriend. Right. And it just is doing good stuff, but it's like, you know, not, yeah, yeah not the best stuff. That it, it, it's amazing what she's capable of doing with nothing. Yeah, for sure. 
of like going to like, yeah, like you put any other actress in this role and you would just be like, I mean, you know, she's fine, but it's not like they gave her anything to do. You know, that's what we would be saying. Yeah. Blake Lively and Green Lantern. Totally. Or any number of like, you know, the quote, the girlfriend role. Right. Right. Totally. And yeah, so I think that's true of both of them. Like, I'm glad they're both still in stuff. And because I think she's like a much bigger star than he is now. Sure. Yeah. I, I love yeah. Under the Silver Lake. Check that out, listeners. Yeah. If you want more of Andrew Garfield being weird. I haven't seen the one where he plays an influencer that came out this year. Yeah, I didn't hear good things. I was excited <laughs> by the trailer. And then like and then it was it was getting raked over the coals when it was released. So anyway, all right. I don't know about that one. That the, that Tam the eyes of Tammy Faye Baker or whatever that's coming out with him in it. Oh, you heard about that with uh, Jessica Chastain. Yeah, where yeah. she was like, "It ruined my skin." My skin. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays the husband. In, okay, in, he's married to Jessica Chastain. Um, wow. yeah, yeah. Hey, look, have you not seen the trailer for that? I haven't. I haven't. Oh man, I saw. Okay. I saw it. I think in front of. Um, I think it was in front of Green Knight for me, but it was. Oh, weird. I don't know how. I, yeah. I saw it three times. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> um, you know, it's all digital now, so they maybe they just have like the trailer <laughs> randomized or something. Who knows? Right. It's like Star Wars. Yeah, but uh, but uh, yeah, it looks really good. That movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like this, I think I like Amazing Spider-Man two more than this. I think this is too long. Uh, it is very long. It's yeah, it's and it's full of plot. It's like as you know, it's all the Richard Parker bullshit. Stuff. <laughs> okay, but the second one is not lacking in plot. I mean, that's, it has a shitload of plot too. That's very true. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it has friends that we never talked about in the first one that yeah. Peter knew his whole life. Isn't um, that the question of the day? <laughs> what about Peter? <laughs> can't I can't wait. And we're back. Mm-hmm. Safe and sound back in good old 2023. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, obviously, you know, a lot of complicated feelings about this movie. Um, and uh, I don't think that's changed. Um, full disclosure, Nick and I did not rewatch this or Amazing Spider-Man for this miniseries because we just watched it like a year and a half ago. Um, yeah, and we're good. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Uh I don't like these movies and uh, I, I can watch a YouTube super cut of just them flirting. Yeah. And get the, get the same hit. Yep. Absolutely. Um, uh, one thing that we didn't bring up that I do want to, I do want to mention is um, Aunt May. Um, right. And, and Sally, Sally Field. Field. Yeah. Sally Fields, Aunt May. We talked a lot about uncle Ben and how aggro he is and, and his- his death scene is just as dumb as a bag of rocks. Yeah, it's so stupid. Um, but he's also a gun. Like really, I better he, reach for it. Yeah, he also just like really, he's really mean to to um, May and like hates her le- meatloaf. <laughs> he like shames her cooking and stuff. <laughs> uh, Uncle Ben. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, you know Uncle Ben. Um, so, uh, but we didn't we didn't talk about Aunt May really. Um, what what do you think about Sally Fields? Aunt um. May? I I didn't I don't think I did I bring this up at the time I learned this recently that uh, Sally Field was like a day one colleague of Laura Ziskin from like back in the sixties. Wow! No, I didn't know that. They like co-started their first production company together, and uh, so there's like a Howard Stern interview where Howard Stern's like, "So, Amazing Spider-Man, like, what do you think?" And she's like, "I I I love Laura, and we kind of." 
knew that we were coming towards the end of her life. And so I, I took this part to like work with her one more time. And, you know, we were all so proud of the work she had done in the, in, in the Spider-Man series. And, wow. uh, but she's like, you know, I, I did what I could with what I had. You can't put 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag, I think is what she said. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. I think she's doing, I mean, like she's Sally Field, you know, she's like America's mom. Like I, yeah. I have such every, every, every movie she's in. I just like my heart just, you know, goes out to her. And I think her and Andrew Garfield's chemistry is really good. I actually think it's even better in Amazing too. weirdly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's like, um, like less like, I mean, like Rosemary Harris, you, you will never do better casting than that. Like, no. She is she is that era of Aunt May come to life. Yeah. And I think this is kind of closer towards the ultimate Spider-Man version of Aunt May, which yeah. is like still the big heart. But she's got a little bit she's more grounded and world weary than yeah. the Raimi Aunt May. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah. And we'll talk about the Marissa Tomei of it all. Um but uh, you know, with with Marissa Tomei, it's just sort of like, oh, like, what does an aunt actually look like? Well, they're the same age as the parents, so <laughs> we should probably cast somebody who's age appropriate to be an aunt, um, rather than like a great aunt or a great great aunt. Um, More like Aunt uh, Bay. <laughs> Have we said that, that before? Right. Um, but yeah, uh, I remember people being like, "Wow, Sally feels a little young to be playing Aunt May," right? I remember that. Um, <laughs> it's like at the we, time. she's like she she was in her mid 60s at the time i feel like that's yeah that's she doesn't feel frail i guess and that was the thing that like oh, people yeah. associated with aunt may definitely um, and is like a frailty but uh yeah but yeah she seems like she could still like you know slap peter upside the head when he's you know yeah um <laughs> yeah i still get choked up i mean the the milk when he gets when he gets when he gets the milk man or the eggs yeah. it's the eggs right I don't remember. I don't remember if it's milk or eggs. Maybe it's both. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember which one you wanted, Aunt May. I got both. Oh. <laughs> that feels like a scene that would be in this. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that is what happened. I don't know. Um, what do you think? What do you think of Sally Field? Yeah, no, I mean, she's good. Uh, she's good. I just, I, you know, Aunt May is such a complicated uh, part of the Spider-Man mythos because, you know, her whole point like they balance it so well in the Raimi movies because her whole point is to be like just another nuisance in his life. Right. And not, not like in a way that like he finds her annoying, but just like her, like, you know, uh, constant medical problems or, or whatever uh, are just like add more stress to his like already stressful life of like, Mm -hmm. you know, having to care for her, having to like worry about her and things like that. Um, and with this movie, you know, they try and split the difference between making her her own character with her own, like, internal engine of, like, no, I've got my own wants and desires and, and things that I need to do. Um, and, but also have, like, Peter kind of worry about her, but also, like, be willing to, like, dismiss her issues, like, if he's got better things to do. Like, it's just this weird messy thing where it's like well we're obligated to have aunt may in this because that's part of spider-man but like we're also not super interested in her 
or what she's supposed to bring to the table. So eh, he yeah. forgets she eggs. Might, she might be a spy. <laughs> he might be a spy. Jesus. Um, uh, but yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. It seemed like we, we, we said this a few times during our Raimi recaps, but like they're just stuck in this place where they can't go too far and do something really original the way that the Watts trilogy does. Like, you know, having Aunt May be almost more of like a big sister to Peter. Right. Um, But they also, they're like, well, we can't not have Aunt May. So right. we just got to have Aunt May. We got to have Uncle Ben. And like, he can't say with great power comes great responsibility. So we're just going to kind of just throw some bullshit in there to make yeah. it less good. Right. We're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to just throw it into a thesaurus machine and, and, you know, <laughs> say the same thing, but with different words. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh yeah that's that all of that is is odd. I think that pacing wise I think it takes it is insane how long it takes for him to get bit by the spider and get his spider powers. Um yeah. especially compared to Raimi's Spider-Man where he gets oh bit gosh. on like literally like your week on Spider-Man minute was like 6 minutes 6 through 10 and he gets bit at like minute 9 or something like that like 8 or yeah, 9. Yeah. Um, like it happens so early and yeah, it takes like 50 minutes to an hour before he gets bit. Um, did we talk about in 2021, did, did I bring up, did we talk about the Rodrigo stuff? Rodrigo? So Peter, Peter three goes to Oscorp. <laughs> Peter three. And yeah, it's just easy. And yeah. <laughs> he steals a guy named like Rodrigo Torres's badge. Oh, right. And then he sees a boy like screaming out like, no, don't. Uh, my name is Rodrigo. I'm supposed to be here. And Peter's like, oh, awkward. And I think that one moment is so kind of indicative, indicative of these movies versus the Raimi movies that we talked about, which is like the sweetness and heart is gone. Yeah. And like that is that. It makes me feel bad. Like, right. It's not funny because I'm like that kid probably like worked really hard to get this opportunity. Yeah. And Peter just swiped it. And it's kind of like the difference between Kurtzman and Orsi and Raimi, which is like, eh, he's kind of a dick, right? Like movies. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't have anything to do with this one. Um, okay. Oh, that's this just is, the yeah. second one. Yeah. Um, that's just uh, who's the other the other producer? The one that takes yeah, over for Ziskin? Um, the new lady, the one that runs all of the oh Amy Spider-Man Pascal, stuff. Amy Pascal, yes, yes, that's that's Amy Pascal hires Orsi and 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 okay. Um, this yeah. is all Vanderbilt. This is Vanderbilt with a rewrite by. We met. We talked. We just talked about this on Sergeant? the thing, but it's but yeah, no. So Sergeant does a rewrite, and then it's too old fashioned. So then they get some. They get um Paul Feig to do a rewrite. Oh, of the yeah, dialogue. Yeah. yeah. And then I think Vanderbilt is like the the screenwriter on set. Um, got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So. Um, uh, yeah. So I agree with you. And I think that the difference, the, the fundamental difference of that moment, that's a really good moment to like point at because it shows the difference between like Raimi and 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 Webb and like this new this this amazing thing. Their thing is like. Oh, it's funny that that guy didn't get the chance of a lifetime to be here that he worked really hard to, for. That's really funny. Ha, ha, ha we're bullies. Whereas, <laughs> yeah. whereas, whereas, Raimi is like, no, that's not funny. What's funny is if it happens to Peter. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's 100%. funny to watch Peter go through that. Not not some random stranger. That's not funny. I we don't know him. Like I don't give a shit about, you know, what what he's gone through or anything. Like like I I I care about Peter and like yeah, I want I want to see Peter get bullied. That's funny. Um and that's yeah. the difference. Yeah. And this like the bullying in this is it's there's no in a weird way there's no glee in it. Yeah. It's all like the kid kicks his camera and like yeah. Flash is like, I mean, Flash, I mean, look, yeah, look at Joe Manganiello Flash and this Flash, and you can kind of see the difference in tone in the movies. Yeah. Like, I think we compare him to like a serial killer. You know? Right. Really. Right. Like yeah. a real bully. And you're like, oh, I'm scared. Yeah. I don't like Like he'll, he'll slit your throat with a pocket knife. Right. Like a bully. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, is- yeah. Uh, I love I love Gwen's costume in this one. Her kind of default look. It just she looks like right out of a comic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really love her default look in the next movie. But um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. They like they nail that that outfit from the comics. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, wish this was better. Um, mm-hmm. But also, you know, if it had been, uh, we might not have gotten like the homecoming movies. And I like those a lot. So, yeah, everything works out. Yeah, I guess it is what it is. I think, I think, like, and we got Andrew Garfield, and like, you know, who doesn't love Andrew Garfield's Spider Man at this point? Like, we all, we all love Peter yeah. Three, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, it's like I can't even say like they wasted their time with this when they could have made like two more like Raimi Spider Man movies because like no, because then we wouldn't have Andrew Garfield, and I love Andrew Garfield, so yeah. And then like he's so effing good in No Way Home. That like yeah, it almost makes this whole journey worth it because then we don't get those three dudes bouncing off each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, that is uh, the Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody, and we will be back next week with the Amazing Spider-Man Two, um, which woof, hot mess. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. For you, I'd wait. Till kingdom come Until my days My days are done Say you'll come And set me free Just say you'll wait You'll wait for me Say you'll wait, you'll wait for me. Just say you.